Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Believe in Betting Chicago. My name is Joy Christopoulos, and on today's episode, we are talking fantasy football. We've reached the top of the mountain, and we are talking quarterbacks, picking our top 10 quarterbacks. But first off, this episode is brought to you by betonline.ag. Did someone say playoffs right now? I just did. The NBA, the NHL, it's in full swing. And the MLB, it's September. That means stretch run, baby. So where better place to go than betonline.ag? They've got you covered. So take full advantage of sports being back and get in on the action with hundreds of odds, futures, and props for you to bet on. And there is always that online casino as well. Secret, it never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and sign up to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's right. A welcome bonus on your first deposit at betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Today's pod, the top 10 quarterbacks. We've started at tight ends. Now we are at the most important position in football. And look, there's a lot of great talent out there, but you got to get this position right, you fantasy freaks. So I'm bringing back resident tutty guy, my brother, David Raspoli. We've made it, Dave. Here we are. At the finish line. Look at us go. We've gone from Tyler Higby all the way to the top of the mountain, and it's time to pick our favorite top 10 quarterbacks of the year. Joey, I just want to talk to the listeners real quick. For those who have been listening to each of our fantasy football podcasts, I came up with a great drinking game for everyone to play at home, make the podcast a little more enticing. Every time, every time Joey says, let's be honest, drink, every time I say, Look, Joey, drink. You guys are going to be wasted by quarterback three. And we love to party. Let's we be honest, Dave. Party, so tip it already, my friends. Tip it and sip it. We're going to dive into this top 10 right here. We're probably going to breeze through these first couple of guys because, look, these guys are the co- on the cover of Madden. You know, if you don't know who these people are right now. Cannot help you. Don't know what to tell you. So. I guess the only question for you, my friend, is Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, the easy number one, number two. I have seen a couple of places, namely ESPN, claim that Lamar Jackson is the number one fantasy quarterback. Do you really think it is that's a that's something that you could actually see happening? I'm a, I think we're both Mahomes number one on this one, is basically what I'm getting at. Yeah, I think we're both Mahomes number one, but again. I think with these top five, top six, to be honest, it's a little preference, right? It's like, how do you feel if Lamar Jackson finishes once again as the number one quarterback? Will any of us be surprised? Absolutely not. For me, though, in a weird way, I feel like Mahomes is safer. I think he is safer, more weapons. You know, the running factor, Lamar Jackson, you're like, oh, you get all those rushing yards. That is great and everything. But that is always a category among quarterbacks that is easy to have a regression. And also, he is running the football. He can get hurt. He is putting himself in harm's way perhaps more than Patrick Mahomes is. So that always makes you think. And so, Dave, for people that are maybe playing fantasy football for the first time this year, you know, we're saying Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, easy pick, one, two, at the top of our list of our top ten. But – where would you draft them? Where would you be comfortable drafting them? Are you saying that they are a top 10 pick overall? Are they a first round draft pick? Would you go that route? Or would you say, you know what, as great as these guys are, I'm probably waiting until at least the second round to take them. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think it's the latter. I think you're putting yourself at such a deficit, especially this year. I mean, if you haven't listened to our running back podcast, go back and listen to last week's Believe. It gets scary very quickly, Joey. And as we'll see, quarterback is pretty deep. I love Patrick Mahomes. I love Lamar Jackson. I think they give your team a great edge against other teams. But as far as value is concerned, you only start one quarterback. You only need one quarterback. You need a lot of running backs, especially the ways injuries have been going in the preseason and cuts and contract disputes. I just feel like I like Lamar Jackson and Mahomes in the early third round. I love them if you're in that, you know, if you have a one, two, three spot this year, you know, you're getting a McCaffrey, Barkley, Zeke. Then the way back, maybe you're getting a great wide receiver, another running back. And then if they're on the board, I'm pulling the trigger every time. But middle second round, top of second round, it still feels a little rich for me, Joey, but I'm just a wait on quarterback kind of guy. A little rich and you take it and you're going to have to have some man acids afterwards because it just it's not about how many points they're going to score. Yes, they could score as many points, uh, you know, in the top 10 among fantasy, all fantasy players this season. But what we're telling you is you have to look at where the value is. And if you take a guy with a 10th overall pick, which is like a Patrick Mahomes, that's great and all. But in the second and third and fourth round, when you're looking at filling other positions on your roster, that value is going to be depreciated. And all of a sudden, you have a very top-heavy roster, which is why a lot of people do running backs first. And then in the middle rounds, finally get their quarterback. Because then you can have elite play from the quarterback position and the running back position, not just one place. Yeah, and I, I played a lot of guys last year in the fantasy playoffs who had Lamar Jackson and or who had Patrick Mahomes. And not a lot of them made it to the championship rounds because their running back and wide receiving core was PU. Stinky, <laughs> stinky doo-doo. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes is an awesome fantasy asset. But if you're pairing him with, say, David Johnson as your first running just, back. Yeah, just be honest, Bilal Powell. Bilal Powell. <laughs> Who is probably going to end up on a roster by by the start of the year? Let's be honest, Joe. He, he may be on. He may be on the beloved Bears before we know it. So let's dive into the really good stuff. This is where things get a little interesting. Dave, you're going to go first here. Who is number three on your list? Now, this is a guy. Whoever this guy is at number three is probably going to be going more in the range of what would be typical among an elite quarterback that third round, that fourth round situation. Yeah, this is exactly the reason I'm passing on Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, Joey, because this guy finished as last year's QB2. So this is the second best fantasy quarterback. You're getting two, three rounds later, Dak Prescott. Here's a guy who has never finished outside the top 12 in fantasy quarterbacks. Two of those four were top six seasons. Four of the five offensive linemen are returning. They were second in yards per attempt last year, which means they were a throw-in, and they got rid of Randall Cobb, and they got some guy named C.D. Lamb, who sometimes when I'm feeling a little sad, when I'm watching too much politics, I just curl up with a nice glass of milk, and I watch C.D. Lamb highlights, Joey, and Dave, I feel so much better. Dave, are you telling me that, that CDs are on the comeback? <laughs> That's right, Joey. <laughs> oh, my God. My collection is worth something again. My Compact Disc Lamb, as his full name is known, yes. But look, I just think this is a uh, drink. <laughs> Joey, look, I just think this is a team 
who we may not have seen their offensive ceiling yet. We, I've talked about players on, on the Dallas Cowboys in each of the previous podcasts for different positions. And this is the guy that gets to throw to Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, C.D. Lamb, Zeke, Tony Pollard, an emerging tight end, Blake Jarwin. Yeah. What do you feel about this? I, it's a dynamite pick. In the third round, I think it's excellent. In the fourth round, I am running up to the draft board and I am sticking it on the wall as quick as I can because, Dave, you're reading off these stats and I was looking up the stats too, and they're so much fun to look at if you are a fantasy fan. 10 games of 20, 265 yards passing or more. Seven of those games are 300 yards or more. Three of those games are 400-yard passing games. He threw multiple touchdowns in 11 times. He threw three or more touchdowns six times absolutely destroyed his division last year, which is going to be a running theme as we go through quarterbacks this year. In this unprecedented preseason, kind of having a hard time getting a grasp on some of these guys, I'm looking at what these guys did against their division because those are the games that are really going to matter, and those are the games that you can count on matchup-wise. Dak Prescott threw 15 touchdowns against his division last year, and you were talking about CeeDee Lamb. Here's one of my favorite stats. When When the Dallas Cowboys had three or more receivers on the field last year, Dak Prescott had a 98.6 QB rating, 27 touchdowns. Is that good? With three or more receivers. Dave, I got to be honest, drink, it's pretty good. And, (laughs) you know, he did really good against the Blitz last year. He did not throw a single interception in a third and long situation. So, I mean, the dude is just kind of clicking on all different cylinders right now. The only thing to watch out, something that happened last year, we'll see if it happens this year. Got off to a little bit of a slow start in September maybe not blowing people away in your fantasy roster. So if you do pay up the Buku bucks to get him, he doesn't come out of the gate swinging. I will say, I will preach patience, hang in there a little bit if he does have a bit of a slow start. But I mean, this is an easy number three call for me. And I think Dak Prescott's again, going to have a huge season and then he's going to get paid a ton of money. Water is wet. Pizza is delicious. Cowboys are good at football. Moving on to number four, Joey, who do you have? Number four for me now, this is where it gets a little bit more interesting, but for right now, I'm sticking with Russell Wilson. You know, I think Russell Wilson is one of the most easy, easy picks you could possibly make in a fantasy scenario. I mean, the dude had 10 games where he threw multiple touchdowns. You know, he had 4,400 all-purpose yards, 34 total touchdowns. And look, the guy's just a killer again at the end of games. He's one of those favorite dudes where in the fourth quarter, you know, he's going to put up points at the end of halves. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the league at actually sneaking in that quick touchdown before the half is over played pretty well against his own division. Seems like a kind of tough division with San Francisco and, and the Rams still threw nine touchdowns in six games. That's still pretty decent. The only part that kind of worries me about Russell Wilson, we've talked about before is they love the running game. He did post five games last year of 233 passing yards or less in those games but still a guy that does that he still throws two touchdowns so there's a floor there that I love a whole lot Russell Wilson's my pick at four what do you think Dave he's my number four Joey he's one of my favorite quarterbacks to watch I think he invented the scramble drill I don't (laughs) think anyone does it better than him I actually saw a really funny poll on Twitter and I have to agree Joey I'll ask you the same question The alien race has come to earth and they demand one football game against them. You get to pick a quarterback. Mahomes is sick. Who are you calling? Me? I'm calling Russ Wilson. 
I mean, first of all, I'm driving to Mahomes' house and I'm knocking on the door and I'm being like, what kind of sick are we talking about? Is this the poops? Because I got some bananas for you that you can eat. That stops the pooping. Or are you really, really sick? You're right. He's, my, he's the number two on my list. You know, my life is depending on it. I need a guy to win one game or win one quarter. Russell Wilson's going to go out there and get the job done, right? And I, I, I have to agree with you. I mean, and I think he's in for a killer season. I love DK Metcalf this season, as previously mentioned on a different pod. And for number four, I think his value, too. After Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, you know, Dak is probably going to go in that third, fourth round range. And then Russ could probably drop in a lot of leagues. And now you're really talking about some elite, elite value in that maybe that round four, dare I even say six area, pretty good. You know what I've been doing in a few mock drafts, Joey, just to have a little fun. And I would love to be able to pull this off in a real draft. I, if I'm late in the draft and I'm around that uh, 12, 11th pick, I just smash the button on Russ. The turn comes around and I grab DK Metcalf <laughs> and I just throw all the money in the air knowing it'll be coming back in 16 weeks. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be good watching him. And honestly, I think we're both of the mindset of this might be Russell Wilson's year where he, ha- he has that breakout performance throwing the football Dave, I got to be honest, I was walking down Nostalgia Lane. I watched a couple Tutty Guys videos the other day, and there's some videos from us seven or eight years ago lamenting having to start Russell Wilson back at the early point of his career, who was just a game manager, a guy that they didn't trust at all. This guy's come a long way. He's an MVP candidate. He's one of the best players in the league, and I think he's one of the safer bets in terms of picking quarterbacks moving forward into this 2020 season. Dave, we're into our top five. Who you got? Who you thinking? This was a tough one. I definitely played around with a few guys. I tried to see what felt right. And this one just felt right, Joey. Even though he's lost a crucial weapon, I still think if we're talking about straight scramblers, throwing ability, quarterbacks, Deshaun Watson has to be in the top five conversation in real NFL, in fantasy football. Yeah. DeAndre Hopkins is gone, okay? And that's the reason why he's probably not in the four spot for me. But he's still a dual threat who rushed for 417 and seven rushing tutties, just trailing Josh Allen. So then they get Brandon Cooks. They have Fuller, Kenny Stills, Duke Johnson. This is a team that on paper is set up to be maybe the fastest receiving core uh, before maybe Jalen Rager went down. I'd say maybe the, the Eagles give them a little run for their money, but I think this team is going to play very fast. And I think that kind of sets up very nicely for Deshaun Watson, a guy who can scramble buy some time and who has a cannon of an arm to get it downfield. Now, how many games will he get out of Fuller? How many games will he get out of Cooks? How many games will he get out of Kenny Stills? I don't know, but I feel like he does it with less every year. You know, I just think skill set wise, he's got to be in the top five. He's a guy that after Russ is gone, after Dak is gone, a round or two later, Joey, we just got done with a, a draft and I got Deshaun Watson in the seventh round. I was dancing hitting those buttons what do you I think saw, i saw you on the zoom you were dancing it was I pretty was incredible dan- I was just having a little dance i agree he's my number five as well you take away an elite option but the sum 
is probably, you know, better than the parts that are going out there. He still has plenty of options. It's really funny just hearing you talk because we just finished talking about Russell Wilson. This literally feels like the conversation that we had three or four years ago about Russell Wilson. You know, yes. Doug Baldwin was on the downturn of his career. That elite Paul Richardson. <laughs> exactly. And you just said, though, a guy, a scrambler, a gamer, a dude that no matter what happens, he continues to make plays. And owning Deshaun Watson is super fun, especially in the second half of games, because he can get on a heater super quick and put up fantasy points in a hurry. The reason why I didn't have him in front of Russell Wilson, you know, just a couple knocks. You know, he didn't play super great on the road last year, five, nine interceptions on the road. And, and when the Texans don't win ball games, it's mostly kind of Deshaun. It's on Deshaun Watson. You know, it's kind of a he-go-they-go situation. In losses last year, he only posted a 77.8 QB rating. He really kind of tailed off in the second half of the season, you know, threw 10 touchdowns in his last eight games, but he did throw seven interceptions too as well. Didn't do super great in the division, seven touchdowns, five interceptions in six games. But here I'm just going strictly on talent. I think the dude is a baller. He is a gamer. And I think no matter what, you know, the Texans maybe don't have quite the talent that they do in the wide receiving core. I still think Deshaun Watson's going to put up numbers, you know, whether that is the case or not. I think his floor is super high. I think his ceiling is definitely a top three quarterback in fantasy MVP candidate if the Texans win some games this year. So I'm right with you with Sean Watson at five. Joey, this is where things get a little dicey, right? We have all the same names in our back half of the top 10, but they're a little scrambled. So I'm very curious. Who is your number six? This one's going to be a surprise, and it is not sexy. And just to get everyone prepared, I got to be honest, drink, uh, get a little buzz going, because Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan is my number six this season for a lot of reasons. One, for whatever reason, no one ever considers him to be a top six, seven, eight quarterback in fantasy. Guess what? Every season, he ends up there. He does it every single year. Number two, two years ago. Unbelievable. Second of all, not super crazy about Todd Gurley and the Atlanta situation. Doesn't matter because this is Matt Ryan's offense right now. They literally give him the football. He makes his own decisions. Matt Ryan, he is a sure thing of 300 yards in a game as it gets. He did it 11 times last year through multiple touchdowns, nine times. And here's the deal for me. Last year, he was so strangely awful at home last year. He only he threw only eight touchdowns and threw nine interceptions at home in his own backyard. Now, if you look back at previous splits, only go back two seasons to 2018, that number was 18 and two, 18 touchdowns, two interceptions wow. at home. That is a completely different picture that's being painted. I'd like to think that Matt Ryan gets a little bit closer to that 18 number and sticks around that eight number. And the only way that the Falcons are going to win in games, in my opinion, is him chucking the rock to Ridley, to Hayden Hurst, to Julio Jones, so on and so forth. So I really like Matt Ryan. I think his value is awesome this year. I just drafted him, and I believe I got him in the ninth or tenth round. That's where he's going right now for top five, top six numbers. I like Matt Ryan. And, you know, you got a guy in a different spot. Maybe we can talk to him a, a little bit. But what do you like about Matt Ryan real quick? He's just one spot below where you have him. I have him at seven, and he is in pen. He's not going anywhere. 11 of his 15 fantasy-relevant games this year will be indoors, whether he's home or away. We know what his splits look like when the dude plays in a dome. He owns it. So you got to love the schedule for Matt Ryan. And I think, yeah, this is a guy 
he's one of those guys who just constantly gets disrespected in the fantasy community because he doesn't have that dual threat capability. And he just is like, it's you an know, old story. It's yeah, Matt he's, Ryan. he's, it's he's like, vanilla ice cream, okay? There's no sprinkles. You don't get any cookie dough inside. Just it's like drafting your dad. Vanilla. Yeah, it doesn't feel great. But look, when the season's said and done, sometimes at quarterback, I want a quarterback that in no way is going to lose me the game. We'll talk about some of those guys later, <laughs> Josh Allen. But Matt Ryan is a guy who has a very high floor for a quarterback. And everybody's all over Calvin Ridley this year. Julio Jones is a consensus top five wide receiver. Hayden Hurst is in everybody's top 12 tight ends. Well, guess who's throwing on the ball? Matt Number Ryan. Two. Yep, yeah. that's right. Love it. And, and it might not be the sexiest thing in the world, and you're not going to get pat, patted on the back from all the guys in the Zoom after you draft him. But look, that's not what you're trying to do. You're trying to win a fantasy championship right now. And think of all the quality players and skill position guys you can draft before Matt Ryan. And then all of a sudden you fit a guy that could be a top eight, top six, maybe even a top five quarterback in fantasy that late in the draft. You got to really think about it and you got to pounce on it. Dave. So if he's not your number six and he's your number seven, who do you got in the sixth slot? Well, Joey, I'm shocked right now. I am straight <laughs> shook. Okay, because <laughs> the fact that I'm higher on him than you is baffling. So full Once disclosure, I did the work, everybody, I got scared. Full disclosure, I really thought I was like honed in on where Joey's at in fantasy this year based on doing other three podcasts. I decided to make a top 10 who I thought Joey was going to pick. And I had <laughs> this guy at number three because you were all over him. The fantasy analysts out there are all over him. Everyone's calling him this year's Lamar Jackson. I'm talking about Kyler Murray. He's my number six, and I thought I was a little low on him. But here's the thing. The more I look at him, the more I might be staying away from him from where he's being drafted. As of now, he's in ESPN. He's going one ahead of Russ Wilson. No, thanks. And in Yahoo, he's going just after him, but still before Deshaun Watson and well before the Matt Ryans and the Drew Breeses. Here's the thing. I owned Kyler Murray last year. I watched a lot of Cardinals games, and he would kind of always get it done. But if you watch, like, an edited, you know, video of all of his throws, he's not a great passer. And I know it's like very easy in fantasy. Everybody wants to call whoever like has some of the same traits this year. So-and-so right. Calvin Ridley is this year's Chris Godwin. Mm, there's a lot of different factors there. And I don't think Kyler Murray is this year's Lamar Jackson, mainly because the Cardinals are not the Ravens. Their O-line is brutal. Cliff Kingsbury is not Harbaugh. And Kyler Murray, I don't think it may even be not as good of a passer as Lamar Jackson at this point in his career. Yes, they added DeAndre Hopkins. So I'm going to just tell you some of the pros. They added DeAndre Hopkins. They extended Drake year two with Cliff Kingsbury. But we immediately have to go to the cons, which is DeAndre Hopkins has been gone most of the preseason with an injury. Drake is in a walking boot. Kyler Murray was the third most pressured quarterback last season. He was constantly running for his life. His TD rate was 3.7%. That was 27th in the NFL. These are some quarterbacks who had a better TD rate. Jacoby Brissett and Derek Carr. Oh, my. 
look at the price you're paying for Kyler Murray. Some guys are, th- are drafting him ahead of Dak because they just think that he is this year's Lamar Jackson. What do you think, Joe? Well, let's get it out of the way where we're not – this guy is seven on our list. So yeah. we, we like him. We like yes. him to take a step forward. I like the Cardinals offense in general. I think they can step forward. I, I'm in love with DeAndre Hopkins. I think that's going to be a great – addition for Kyler Murray again he can use his legs he can score the football with his legs and his arm always a plus something you have to keep in mind for fantasy that all being said Dave you start Mm -hmm. looking into the numbers and it just starts getting a little scary and this is the problem they got him ranked ahead of Russell Wilson so you're telling me a guy that combined for 24 touchdowns last year Kyler Murray is suddenly going to jump to the 34 mark where Russell Wilson is that's 10 more scores that means almost once a game he has to add another touchdown to his totals. I'm just having a hard time seeing it. Yes, multiple touchdowns eight times in games last year. That's a great start. But, you know, 24 total touchdowns, that's what Mitch Trubisky had in 2018. And let's be honest, not only did he not take the step forward, he took a step back. Kyler Murray is a young football player who I think can be very, very good and could perhaps be a number two, number three guy in two or three years. I just don't see it this year. He strangely threw a lot of interceptions at home. That kind of worried me. You know, he went through a five-game stretch last year where he averaged only 168 yards passing a game. And again, the stat that I'm going to hit a lot against his division, not so great. Where Russell Wilson, you're like, okay, I, tough division, but plays well. Kyler Murray, you know, four interceptions in five games, only seven touchdowns, averaged only 206 yards a game. That's six games, man. I mean, is he really going to improve upon that that greatly? And then on top of it, you know, in December in the fantasy playoffs, Kyler Murray didn't play that great except for the final game of the season. Only put up a 77.6 QB rating in December. All of these things just have me putting him at seven. I think his potential could be possibly top five. But the way that people have him ranked right now, I was into it. I was drinking the Kool-Aid, Dave. I'm right there. I was right there with them. Once you start digging in a little bit, you go, okay, hold on a second. You know, Lamar Jackson is Lamar Jackson. Not everyone takes that kind of leap every single season. And Kyler Murray, I like him. I just don't love him. Joey, you were in a cult, you know. You were in a Kyler cult. And I was trying to tell you, this is something doesn't feel right. Something doesn't feel right. And it just took you to, I had to get you out, you know, and I just swooped in, in the middle of the night, I put a blanket over you. I got you out of there. I showed you his film and, you know, you had a come to Russ Wilson moment and I understand. Okay. I understand. Well, let's talk about eight because again, I had a lot of guys now subbing out the guy had it eight. Full disclosure, I had to move a couple spots due to some concerns about injury and other things. And now I'm looking at number eight and I'm going, what year is it? Because I have Drew Brees as my number eight quarterback. Me too, baby. Me too. Totally into Drew Brees. And for some reason, I get it. He's 40 years old. but And last year he was hurt. He had a down season. Au contraire, mon ami. Look at the stats. You know, he played in 11 games last year. Let's just sort of take one of those games out because he didn't finish it uh, because he got hurt. He still passed for 27 touchdowns, multiple touchdowns eight times out of those 10 games, 279-plus yards seven times in those 10 games. Against his division last year, averaged 252 yards a game, 106.9 QB rating, and, oh, I don't know, 10 touchdowns in five games. And guess what, Dave? You've highlighted it perfectly in these past pods. 
you know, the NFC South is going to be a wild this season. They're going to be shootouts galore with the Falcons, Buccaneers, Breeze, and then obviously them beating up on the Panthers. Why not Drew Brees at eight? I get it. I mean, his value is what, nine, 10, 11th round. I still like him to get into the top 10. You know, health aside, I mean, he hurt his thumb. It wasn't like a soft tissue injury or some sort of father time situation going on. I'm Joey, so, if you get end up with Drew Brees, I'm into it. Before the thumb injury, are we forgetting Drew Brees? How many games Drew Brees has missed in his career? Uh, it was like a zero. Zero. <laughs> yeah. Okay. This isn't an injury-prone quarterback. This isn't Matt Stafford or Philip Rivers. Okay. The guy's an absolute gamer. And let's convert those stats you were talking about, Joey, into the world of fantasy football. In those 10 healthy games, he only trailed Lamar Jackson in fantasy points per game. You're talking the number two quarterback. We could be talking about him in the Dak Prescott conversation had he played a full 16 games in the fantasy season. Love the division. Love the weapons. Now, Huge caveat, we are recording this on September 1st, about 2 p.m. Pacific time. There are rumors that Alvin Kamara is not happy. He has not shown up to camp. He could be traded. If Kamara is traded, I may move him down a tick, but that may also mean that they just go balls to the wall. Drew Brees goes back to five years ago, Drew Brees, where they never run the ball, and we're just seeing just lights out, I mean, I love the weapons even more this year. You're telling me adding Manny Sanders doesn't, isn't better than Traquan Smith out of the slot this year? Jared Cook seems to really have a great chemistry with Drew Brees. Mike Thomas is just a surefire number one. Yeah, Joe, I can't argue. I couldn't, I couldn't put him any lower. A guy disappears for a few games and all of a sudden he sucks? And meanwhile, meanwhile, we got uh, Tom Brady, who's three years older than him, which we'll get to in a couple of spots, you know, moves to a completely different conference, different team, different offensive system. And somehow he's going ahead of Drew Brees in a lot of drafts. Dude, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And, you know, the old bugaboo about how Drew Brees can't play outdoors is outdoor numbers were pretty decent last year. He's a really smart football player. And he still throws for a ton of yards and you're still going to get at least two touchdowns out of the guy. When they're in the red zone, it's not going to be hand the ball off to Latavius Murray. It's going to be Drew Brees is going to have the ball in his hands, making decisions. Hopefully it's going to be throwing the ball to Alvin Kamara. Cause we've been pumping him up big time on the previous pod about how much we think he's going to bounce back this year. Again, let's see what happens in terms of that caveat of whether he gets traded and makes it to week one or not, but this is an easy decision for me. It gets a little bit more difficult after this one, though, Dave. At number nine, this could be a bit of a surprise for some people. Who do you got at nine on your list? This has changed recently, too, as well. Obviously, the the fluid nature of the NFL. Yeah, Joey, this is a guy who has moved down for me and then moved up for me. We'll get to my number 10, who is really, I just have such a soft spot in my heart for him. But now... At number nine, as of today, as of September 1st, this is how I feel. This is how I will be drafting. It just feels weird saying this, but I feel like, again, dive into the numbers. It's kind of like the Drew Brees story. I have Matt Stafford as my number nine, Joey. How are you feeling about that? What does that make you do? Does I mean, it, are, you, I, are you gagging? Are you? 
I got to be honest, drink uh, that I threw up in my mouth just a little bit right there, but I I'm completely with you. Big, bigger red flag, which obviously puts Stafford behind Drew Brees, where he fractured his back last season. That is a very tough injury. That doesn't Dave. sound good. <laughs> Not a doctor, but you know what? He's playing football right now. And then a couple of things, there is one stat that I'll get to in a second that does help me think about his health that'll hold up this year. But Stafford last year was on pace for one of his best seasons as a pro on pace for 38 touchdowns. He hasn't had a receiver on his team like Kenny Galladay since Calvin Johnson. And we all know how that went a few seasons ago when those two were paired up. I mean, the guy has thrown for over 24 touchdowns five times in his career. He's got seven 4,000-yard seasons. You know, that's a great place to start if he's the ninth quarterback and if you're taking him past round 10 and around 11. And in terms of that health, you know, teams are going to try and shake him and rattle him a little bit. But Stafford, Stafford's at that point right now where he absolutely destroyed the blitz last season, had 122 QB rating through seven touchdowns when teams tried to blitz him last year. So he knows not only how to get the ball out, but where to get it to when teams try to bring pressure on him. And again, I'm not a big fan of the Lions this year. People think that they're going to take a step forward. I still think the defense is a mess. I'm not sure what their offensive identity is outside of Matt Stafford throwing the football. So I think there are going to be some situations where it is going to be in his hands a lot. I do think if he plays 16 games, I like 4,000 yards for him, 24, 25 touchdowns. That gets you into the top 10 in fantasy. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm with you uh, where you're at on that. Joey, if you're an absolute fantasy adrenaline junkie and you are just all hyped up because you had Jameis Winston last year and you don't know where to get your fix, this is – this is your gateway drug, okay? This is Stafford. You know, this is the last of the YOLO chuckets. This is the last of the close your eyes, throw it 80 yards downfield for a jump ball. And usually Kenny Galladay comes down with it or Marvin Jones, who's an absolute killer in the red zone. Maybe Hawkinson takes a step forward this year. DeAndre Swift might be the best pass catching back, not named Clyde Edwards Elaire coming out of the draft. Look. 25 fantasy up oh, drink. Look, Joey, 25 fantasy points per game. That was top three before he went down. So last year could have shaked out very differently. We could be looking at Lamar Jackson, Drew Brees, Matt Stafford, if everyone was healthy last year. And then some guy named Jeff Driscoll stepped in and put up 23 fantasy points per game. So the system working. Something works in Motor City on the offense. Something's side. working. And again, we have him at nine, but you can get him as like QB 10, 12. So that's why I like him. That's why he's in my top 10. And this happens with quarterbacks every single season and more so than any other position where Stafford, like you said, could finish as the top three fantasy quarterback last year. And he still would be seven or eight on a lot of people's list just because of buzz, you know, and ascending players, people with potential and teams that are on, uh, on good squads. I want to ask you this question because I had, I had a different guy at number nine. Tell me. And I want to ask you because, you know, Stafford's got all the numbers. He's got all the talent, but there is that injury question. And the guy that I had at nine isn't no, necessarily an injury question, but more of can he repeat what he did last year? And are we maybe giving this guy a little bit more credit than he deserves? And I'm talking about Josh Allen right now. So let me pitch the case for you why I like Josh Allen. And then maybe you can give me the case of why you didn't put him at nine and maybe why you like him or don't like him. And Josh Allen last year, you know, it, the name of the game for him was touchdowns. That's what the dude do, the, 
dude does. It's not pretty, but he gets it done. He usually gets multiple touchdowns. He got multiple touchdowns in 12 different games last year. That's a passing and rushing combined. So when you look at the box score and you only see one passing touchdown, look at the rushing because that means he's running the football into as well. You know, he had six games of 40-plus rushing yards. And there's a part of me that goes, you know what, that is bound to regress. Can he do that again? But for a fantasy owner, 40-plus rushing yards from a quarterback a game, you know, we're not talking Lamar Jackson. We're talking maybe the tier below. When you get that number, for a lot of leagues, four points is a touchdown. For a lot of fantasy leagues, six points for some leagues, but four points for other leagues. And if he gets 40-plus rushing yards in six games, that's basically an additional touchdown on top of that. And then I looked into that division, that division thing that I'm keying in on this season. He actually did pretty well against the division. Through 11, had 11 total touchdowns, only five interceptions, and a 58% completion percentage, but was still able to put fancy points against those guys in the division this year. You know, the Patriots might be a good football team. I think the money is probably on them taking a small step back. So everyone else in that division is kind of there for the Buffalo Bills to maybe take that step forward. He's got Stephon Diggs to maybe, if he closes his eyes and chucks the ball 50 yards down the field, maybe Diggs can come up with a couple more than perhaps he attempted last year. And Josh Allen's value at number nine, you know, I don't know if I'm going to be selecting him, but I just can't be, I just can't be blind and not put him in the top 10 just based on what he did last year and what he's capable of as a dual threat. Me and Josh Allen have a complicated relationship, Joey. I would say two months ago, when I first started dipping my toe in fantasy, I think Josh Allen would have made my top five. Coming into Ooh, this season, good meet cute. I was all about Josh Allen. And there's a lot of fantasy analysts that are saying Josh Allen might be this year's MVP. That he has the potential, he has the ceiling to maybe even be a Lamar Jackson light. But then, then you I, went back and watched Bill's games. <laughs> yeah, let me explain something to you, Joey. Okay. Joey, I I have a car for sale. Okay. I want to tell you about this car. Okay. It's got a mint paint paint job on it. It's gorgeous. The paint is pristine. Four brand new tires on it. Okay. It's got a new muffler. It's loud. It sounds angry when you drive it. Okay. V8 engine. I just put new spark plugs in it. It does not have a steering wheel. Okay. And it actually doesn't drive very good. Ooh. Do you want it? Red flag. <laughs> Joey, seven for 39 on passes over 25 yards. Two of those ended on the other team yeah a quarterback that can't complete a pass it's a problem okay i love stefan diggs but we're talking about possibly one of the best precision route runners paired with the worst precision thrower in the nfl mason rudolph and guess who else mitch trubisky were better on deep passes than josh allen last year there's no way he gets nine rushing tutties again and I think that's what honestly saved him. I owned him last year. He led me to the championships. I have a belt up there, Joey, because of Josh Allen. But, but, again, we, we mentioned this with Matt Ryan. You want to talk about what quarterback has the lowest floor out of everybody we've talked about? Josh Allen could end a game with negative points. He has done it twice. 
so far. Josh Allen could get you nothing. That's the floor. Do you want that as your QB1 when you're passing up, guys? Josh Allen's going ahead of Drew Brees, Matt Ryan, in some drafts ahead of Deshaun Watson, which is just ludicrous. I think the hype has gotten a little out of control. He's a guy that's usually around the range when I start looking at quarterbacks. And I'm just so nervous. Like, I just don't want to have to draft a quarterback and then three rounds later draft another quarterback and go, oh, 50-50. We'll get to that in a minute. I think there's plenty of late-round quarterbacks to do that with. Josh Allen scares me. Brady's gone. The Pats aren't going to be putting up a lot of points. The Jets are going to challenge the Jaguars for last place. Who else is in that division, Joey? The Dolphins? Wow. What kind of shootouts are you foreseeing? How many points are you foreseeing the Buffalo Bills winning by? I think they win the division. I think they take a step forward as a team. I think they look good to watch. I think, you know, if we're talking about a betting podcast, Joey, uh, I think the over under is like nine wins for them. I could see them getting 10, 11 wins in that division, but for fantasy, I just don't see it. Yeah, you know, just because a team wins at the division doesn't mean they have a top 10 quarterback fantasy-wise on their roster. That doesn't go hand-in-hand, hand, and that is the problem with Josh Allen. It, he's not a set-it-or-forget-it guy. And I've got him at number nine on my list, but I'll be honest with you. I'm going to throw a couple of guys at you right now, and I want you to pick that are probably ranked right behind him. Okay. And I'll be honest, I probably would take any of these guys over Josh Allen. Yep. We've, got, got? Car- we've got Carson Wentz. We've got Tom Brady. We've got Aaron Rodgers. And just for funsies... Let's throw in there Daniel Jones. He's getting a ton of buzz right now. I would not take Josh Allen. I would take Josh Allen over Daniel Jones. But Brady, Wentz, and Aaron Rodgers, safer bet. You kind of know what you're getting a little bit. And honestly, all have probably a pretty decent shot at outscoring Josh Allen and fantasy this year. Out of those four guys, which one do you kind of have your eye on? <sighs> it's Tough. still Carson Wentz. I had Carson Wentz as my number seven QB. And I just kept moving him down, and eventually he almost fell out of my top 10. I feel like this is why they say love is blind, Joey, because I just want to see Wentz for, like, the good guy he is. But all these red flags, I, I just think that the Eagles may be cursed. They just can't have nice wide receivers, okay? Dave, this Don't is why we- they say love hurts (laughs) love scars ooh ooh ooh, ooh. love hurts two months ago on paper i would say sign me up for carson wentz in the seventh eighth round every single time then miles sanders goes week to week jalen rager a guy i was so excited about they're talking about him being gone for up to four weeks which could linger into six to eight weeks Right now, again, their wide receiver core is what it looked like last year. Deshaun Jackson for however many games he plays, and then it's J.J. Arcega-Whiteside and Greg Ward Jr., and it's going to be the Ertz and Goddard show, which is fine. I mean, Matt, or Matt Ryan, Carson Wentz threw a touchdown in every single game last year. He's the only, only quarterback to do that. Sixth in touchdowns, top 10 in yards, only through seven INTs. The guy was the definition of consistency last year. He had the best floor of any fantasy quarterback, but it just seems like they're cursed. He's already dealing with a a soft tissue injury. 
Those are my least favorite three words, soft tissue injury, because they come back. We've seen it time and time again when it bites someone in the preseason. It lingers. It comes back. It gets aggravated. I just am like, man, do I have to cross him off my list? I, I feel like I have to completely remove him off my board when I step into my home league drafts, Joey, because I'll just be so tempted. He'll, he'll send me some roses. He'll say some nice things. He'll tell me I lost weight. And all of a sudden, I'm like, he's the best. I got to draft Carson Wentz, but I don't want to do it. And these are, these are very, very real situations that are going on with him once you draft him. Now, does he deserve to be a number one quarterback in a 12-team fantasy league? Absolutely. We have him at number 10 on our list. But again, the injuries are just so brutal and so disheartening. And a couple positives. You know, you're right. I mean, he's as strong of a bet for over 250 yards passing as anyone else that's out there. He always throws at least one touchdown. He threw multiple touchdowns seven times last year. Absolutely destroyed his division last year through 11 touchdowns and I believe five games. You know, thanks, New York Giants. You know, the Giants are still in that division, and Washington's not going to be very good. So you do have, you do can hang your hat on that. But that's the other problem is, man, the guy just can't stay healthy. He is a walking questionable. He is also the guy who you'll read in the articles all week long about how he's dealing with the rib issue or like you said, soft tissue injury. Injury. Last year it was like an elbow. Then it was a rib. It's and like guess he what? was always walking in the tent. And he's going to play every single game. So it's not like you're going to have to worry about subbing him out, but you're going to have to make a decision of how injured is Wentz and do I trust him to play because he's going to gut it out. As much as I love my football team and their players, when they gut it out for victory, fantasy football, that is not my preference. I prefer you to either be healthy or I prefer you to be in street clothes so I can start a healthy guy. And that's what makes it really tough for Carson Wentz. I owned Wentz last year, and I think it was about week six when I picked up Josh Allen off waivers and pretty much rode him the rest of the way because of what you're talking about, Joey. It was just too much of a headache. And now my head hurts, Joey. Let's pop some aspirin, sip a few margaritas, and let's talk about these young guns because I kind of don't know what to think. And I feel like you've got a great sense of what's going on here. We have Joe Burrow. We have Tua. I mean, there's like maybe Herbert, but let's really talk about Burrow and Tua. Are any of these guys going to end up on your fantasy teams? It's possible, especially if I go to a two-quarterback situation. A guy that we kind of previously mentioned, everyone's in on Daniel Jones. Let's just say, fantasy freaks, you do the situation where you take Daniel Jones super late, and you're like, man, I really need to get a second guy. Joe Burrow, I think, out of that group is the guy to target. Out of those three guys, he's the only one that's been named the uh, undisputed starter heading into week one. So it looks like that's going to be his job to lose through the next 16 weeks. And look, the Bengals aren't going to be very good. They're going to be chasing leads the whole time. But that doesn't necessarily mean that's a bad thing for fantasy quarterbacks. You want Joe Burrow to be throwing the football in the third and fourth quarter of games. You know, they still have Tyler Boyd, who I love still as a receiver. I think he's got good value this year. Let's see what we get out of A.J. Green. Let's see what happens. If you can maybe get two, three, four games out of him, you know, that doesn't hurt Joe Burrow at all. Sure, is he going to have some bumps in the road? Yes. Is he going to play, let's say, the Ravens or the Steelers? on some Thursday night or Monday night football game and get his ass kicked. Yes. But you're not drafting Joe Burrow as your only quarterback on your fantasy team. You're drafting him as a matchup based starter. 
So in terms of those three rookies, Herbert, Tua, and Burrow, out of the gate, I do like Burrow a whole lot. Very intrigued by Tua, though. Tua, it just seems like that he hasn't gotten the reps and hasn't come along in terms of his offseason. He's still recovering from an injury heading into this year. Looks yeah. like they're going to give it to Fitzpatrick for a little while. Maybe by October, maybe by Halloween, we start to see Tua. So my thing is with Tua, the 10 quarterbacks that we mentioned on this list, you take one of those guys and you're like, okay, I'm set for the season. The last round of drafts, especially if you're in a keeper league or if you want to get really sexy, take Tua with your last pick in, your la in one of the last rounds of your draft because that guy, at some point, if he gets a chance to start, he could set the he could set the league ablaze just for a little while and just be that you know lightning in a bottle. It happens once a season with some team and some player that could definitely be Tua, but I think Burrow is the answer for right now. Dave, what do you think about those three guys? And what do you think can just do you think Justin Herbert will even see the field this year? I do think Justin Herbert will get in there. I think we're looking at Justin Herbert and Tua as like second half uh, players guys to you know kind of put in the back of your mind or maybe draft if your starting quarterback has a late buy i didn't really know too much about herbert but i've been watching hard knocks i'm a fan of the guy as a person and he's like drew Brees in his accuracy i mean he is just hitting dimes could be a very interesting situation i definitely like the surrounding pieces for all of these guys i think out of all of them like you said, fantasy-wise, Tua is the only one that's going to really create big waves if he does get the starting job. Here's the, Dol the Dolphins' opponents in October, Joey. Cardinals, Jets twice, Chiefs. So I like that a whole lot. But again, we'll see. I don't know if I'm going to own any of these guys I'm not as daring as you when it comes to the quarterbacks. I save that for my running backs. But well, It's the same situation that, you know, people are going kind of crazy over Daniel Jones. And I get it. He played in 13 games last year, and he threw a touchdown, at least one touchdown in 12 of them. Okay, sweet. Yeah. But then when you kind of dig in a little bit, you're like, man, Daniel Jones is still pretty, pretty far away from being a guy who is fantasy, truly fantasy viable for me. Can you start him in a few games? Yeah, sure. Why not? But. I mean, the dude was still terrible on, at home last year. After I think he threw like nine interceptions at home. Just awful. You got to really change that. And if you're getting Justin Herbert on your team, you got to temper your expectations, right? Where even if he does get the start week five, week six, he's not saving your team, man. You know, this guy needs reps. This guy needs throws. They got, they got weapons on that squad. So I just think this season in particular, Joe Burrow, you know, has the experience, if, an, if a rookie can have experience, to step in right away and put up some fantasy points. I will say, though, that if he is your QB1, you better prepare yourself for some real weird-looking fantasy numbers because one week he might get you 22 and be like, okay, great, and then the next week he could get you that 3.54 and you can lose a football game because you're starting a rookie quarterback. You better be careful there. Playing with fire. Speaking of fire, Joey... Let's get hot. Let's talk mantises. Oh, this Dave, is Dave, explain, our crush. explain to our viewers. Yeah, explain to our viewers what this is. Okay. In the world of fantasy, every year, me and Joey develop a crush. There's one player out there whose ADP kind of fits exactly what we want out of a player. We're getting the value, we're getting the talent, and we only have eyes for this player, and he ends up 
on a lot of our teams. This year, Joey, who is that player for you? Well, Dave, you know, you know, because we're deep individuals. We're human beings that look for nuance in this world. We're not always chasing we're not chasing the cheerleaders and the prom queens. Maybe we're looking, you know, for something with some, you know, some Coke bottle glasses and maybe a little bit of a personality for once. So if you're saying to yourself, look, I don't want to touch a quarterback until these round, you know, the late rounds, I want to fill out my roster and just figure it out later. Let everyone else go up high and grab Patrick Mahomes with the eighth overall pick. How do I not roll with big Ben Roethlisberger, currently on ESPN, the 15th ranked quarterback among fantasy quarterbacks heading into 2020, which means that he is currently not a QB1. And here is a guy who I think could possibly be a QB1 at some point. Yes, he missed all of last season with elbow surgery. Let's see what happens. But 2018, let's see if this uh, might whet your appetite a little bit here, Dave. 37 total touchdowns, 5,129 yards. Through Dang. multiple touchdowns in 12 games. Okay. Through three or more touchdowns five times. Don't mind if I do. 250 yards more passing in a game, 15 games out of 16. Yummy. 300 or more yards eight times. I mean, honestly, like, this guy put up some serious, serious numbers in 2018, and he is back. I know Antonio Brown isn't on the team anymore. But they drafted more receivers. The Steelers are so good at that. Juju could be in line for a bounce-back season. A lot of people say, hey, look, Big Ben, no good on the road. Au contraire, again, I, I, will, I will push back on that, where he actually was pretty decent on the road last year. 37 total touchdowns that season. You know, 19 of them were, 19 of them were at home. And I believe he threw 18 of them on the road. So he still threw 18 touchdowns on the road. The only problem is that he throws touchdowns. I'm sorry. He throws interceptions at just the worst time possible in the fourth quarter. And the stat bears it out when they're in the fourth quarter or in the second half, and they're either tied and winning by seven points or fewer or losing by seven points or fewer. That's when big Ben on the road, throws interceptions. So he's still putting up the numbers. It just doesn't feel like he's playing that well on the road. Cause he makes awful decisions at the wrong time. 15th overall, give me Big Ben. If I'm going to sit, my, put my hands on a quarterback, it's going to be uh, the big boy, number seven out of Pittsburgh, Yinzer Life. My wife will be happy. Dave, who are you looking at? Who's your man to see? Who's, on your, who's the poster on your wall right now? Well, first off, Joey, I love that pick. I do like Big Ben this year. I like the Steelers for a big bounce back this year. I love that receiving core. And I think it's time in 2020, we need to throw out this home away splits thing. We don't have the data yet. In 2021, we're going to be like, Big Ben plays great without people in the stands. Like, <laughs> they're all going to be empty arenas besides maybe the Kansas City Chiefs as of now. So well, let's just brush that aside, okay? But I'll tell you who I have a huge crush for. I've had a huge crush on him for years. And now, contrary to what everyone else thinks, I think he's in a great spot. Ooh, man, as a Bears fan, Joey, do you remember the text? What could have been? Do you remember the text when we were like, we're going to go for a quarterback? Who are we going to get? And then there was like rumors it was Derek Carr. And I was like, ugh. And then there's like rumors it was going to be Jameis Winston. I was like, please, no. And then all of a sudden, someone posted like a Photoshop of Cam Newton in a Bears jersey. And I was just drooling. And that's when I absolutely fell in love with him. 
Dreamweaver Weaver with... plays in the background and it yeah. just all gets a little, the soft lighting comes in. Yeah, we went with Nick Foles, who apparently can't even beat Mitch Trubisky in a training camp battle. But he's tall, but Cam, though. Just yeah, like is, this guy you're about to talk about. Yes, Cam Newton is my man to see this year. So many caveats. <laughs> so many caveats. But the price is right. Let's go back to 2018. I mean, if you can go back to 2018 with Big Ben, I can also time travel, Joey. Let's Bill and Ted it. Let's get in our phone booth. Let's go back to 2018 when he averaged 24 fantasy points a game, 488 rush yards. And here is what I am drafting Cam Newton for, four rushing touchdowns. Not a lot. Year before, he almost had double digits. Joey, if I were to ask you, when the Pats are on the one, they have Rex Burkhead, Damian Harris, a hobbled Sony Michelle, Lamar Miller coming off the pup, or Cam Newton. Who's the best goal line back out of those five? This is the Belichick dream. The QBs sneak on the one. Cam Newton is the prototype. Yes. Plus, come on. I mean, you... Betting against Bill Belichick is pissing in the wind, okay? It's throwing your money right out the door. I'm not going to do it. I do it every year, and he makes me look foolish. This is a guy who's the only QB in NFL history with 150 passing touchdowns and 50 rushing touchdowns. This is the dude next to Michael Vick who put rushing QBs on the map you're telling me Josh McDaniels isn't absolutely salivating to finally open up the playbook for a mobile quarterback. Uh, I believe Josh McDaniels made another terrible mobile quarterback, very fantasy relevant, paging Tim Tebow. Yes, he led a lot of people to a fantasy championship one year, thanks to Josh McDaniels. I just think this is a pretty good situation. And I think Cam Newton has all the same factors that he had in Carolina. A great slot receiver, Julian Edelman. A pass-catching back, James White. Uh, you know, Mohamed Sanu, Nikhil Harry. A big-bodied, Kelvin Benjamin-esque red zone target. I don't mind it for where he's going. And I think Cam Newton, we'll get to that in a minute, pairs really well with a lot of late-round quarterbacks. So if you're absolutely waiting... If we're talking a guy who's outside the top 15, because right now he's going as the QB 16, who could easily jump into the top 10, I think top of the list for me would have to be Cam Newton. Especially if you're taking a Josh Allen or a Wentz and you're like, oh, I don't feel good about this. I better take somebody else. Cam Newton's right there because his value is amazing, dude. And we were on him heading into last year. We really liked his value heading into last year. He was already kind of dipping down in the ranks a little bit. And we were like, hey, hold on a second. And the dude got hurt. What are you going to do? And you, met, you brought up a great point. Cam Newton has worked with young receivers. I feel like his entire career. He so has. If, you're, if you're looking for Nikhil Harry to perhaps take a step forward or, ooh, can Cam work with younger receivers? Yes, he can. He can actually go out and make them millions, as we've seen him do with several different guys over the past, uh, you know. Devin Funches. Funches. <laughs> That's how we know his name. Kelvin Benjamin, so on and so forth. And, and here's the thing, and I think we're both on the same, same boat, where 15 and 16, okay, overall. So Matt Stafford is number nine. I mean, 
the, if you put these guys in the same room and gave them all a clean bill of health, I think we could have a pretty nice debate about who's probably going first among that trio, right? So Matt Stafford breaks his back, and a lot of people have him at least in the top 12. We have him in the top 10. And so you're telling me that Cam Newton is coming off a of foot surgery that he sat out all of last year for. He did not play at all. And Big Ben, elbow surgery, happened in September, did not play at all last year. So you're telling me now that we're going to ding those guys for their injuries heading into this year, but all of a sudden everyone thinks Matt Stafford's going to be amazing. That's the part that I really like about guys like Cam and Big Ben where their value is because they could have the exact same season Matt Stafford does. And Matt Stafford's broken back. I mean, you know, one more hit and that's toast on his career. I mean, that is a very real serious injury, probably more serious than an elbow or, or, or a foot. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? I do. And here's the other thing that not a lot of people are bringing up, Joey. The Pats had the most opt-outs on defense than any other team. Deontay Hightower, Marcus Cannon, Patrick Chung, gone. The Pats defense is not going to be great. I don't think it's going to be what it was last year, certainly. I think they're going to have to put up some points from time to time. I like the way the schedule shakes out for Cam Newton. And look, drink. Look, Joey. What's the difference between Josh Allen and Cam Newton? True. I got to be honest, Dave, drink. What's, I don't know. I, you know that, I'm, I'm with you, the though. Difference, you know, we're talking about not the best receiving core, uh, you know, not a team that's going to put up a ton of points, but rushing touchdowns and rushing ability. Give me the discounted Josh Allen and Cam Newton, a guy who's done it way more often than Josh Allen. All right. Let's talk about. Someone who may be deeper, Joey, deep down inside. A sleeper, a surprise sleeper. A deep sleep creeper, a Tutty Guy special. Do you have anybody who's like kind of hanging around? Like maybe you even forgot to draft Cam Newton and Big Ben. Maybe you fell asleep. Maybe you had a little too many beers during the draft, a couple of slices of pizza. You fell asleep. Your buddies woke you up. They said, hey, <laughs> Got it. Uh, there's only a couple of rounds left. You don't have a quarterback guy. Who are you picking? It's a great question because there's some intriguing options down there in the bottom of the trough. If you're looking in the, uh, the $1.99 DVD bin and you're trying to pull out a, a sweet Bruce Willis movie, I might have a couple for you. The one guy that I like a whole lot is, you know, you see Kirk Cousins at 21 and Jimmy G at 22. You're like, oh, man, that's pretty low. But let's be honest, if you're starting those guys in your fantasy lineup, something went wrong. And, you know, the ceiling's not so high. You know, the floor is what it is. It's kind of sort of that middle area right there. Wait a minute. I know I where wanna, you're going. <laughs> well, well, I want to I do Jared Goff. I really do at 18. I just got to chill like a ghost ran through the room. You look into the numbers and, you know, Goff – Length of the field, he has a hard time driving the team down to the length of the field. Don't really like that. Really crappy against the division. Had a really bad cold streak. So I'm going with Dave. Oh, no. For the 10th year in a row. <laughs> oh, no. My boy. And he's with me right now. I'm going to get a cam. I'm going to pay Buku Bucks on the cameo. Bring him in. Philip Rivers at 25. Dave Bring him in. At 25. He, he just arrived via bus. <laughs> You're telling With me 15 kids. So you're telling me for a second, I can do a whole fantasy draft 
I can have a great time, put my roster together, not even think about him. Go into the season, go through waivers. Don't have to worry about a waiver claim. Don't have to worry about if you're doing a salary cap waiver system. You don't have to put a single dollar down. And at some point in week one, week two, you can go get Philip Rivers for free, and then he can go out and get 20 points for your fantasy team. It's just it's I can't ignore it. I really can't. Yes, did the guy throw 21 interceptions last year? Yes. Has he has he taken perhaps 21 years off of my life? watching him play on past fantasy teams, submarining my season. Yes, absolutely. But, you know, we're, we're going for values here. And I can't think of a deep sleep creeper better in my life than Philly Phil Phil Rivers chucking the rock in Indy, taking us to Yats, and just, you know, giving us that spicy Midwestern, that spicy Midwestern gumbo. Am I, am I out of my mind? Yes. Has quarantine gotten to me? Yes. Yes, you have, Joey. But look, I'm kind of drinking the Kool-Aid. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid, Joey. I'll drink the Kool-Aid and the shot because I drafted Phillip Rivers as my backup. And I'll tell you why. Deshaun Watson has to play Chicago in the fantasy playoffs. I don't love that. He definitely struggles on the road. Here's Phil Rivers' playoff schedule. Houston, Raiders. Houston. So good. Delicious. Delicious. He he starts the season with Jacksonville, Minnesota, the Jets. He's got Cincinnati and Detroit in the first eight weeks. He's got Tennessee twice in weeks 10 and 12. He's probably behind the best O-line of his career. And that's the one thing that really, I think, added to those interceptions, Joey, is he's not a mobile quarterback. So when pressure is in Philip Rivers' face, he just goes, get out of here, get out of here, ball. (laughs) So come on, little baby, and just shoves it out the door. So I think behind a better offensive line with an absolute budding star of a running back in Jonathan Taylor, who we'll be talking about in the first round of fantasy drafts in 2021. Again, we're talking about, you know, Cam Newton going from Christian McCaffrey to James White. That seems like a pretty good fit. Well, Phillip Rivers gets to go from Austin Eckler to Naheem Hines. And I think Naheem Hines is a great third down pass catching running back. I love the pick, Joey, but I'm going even deeper. I'm going to a guy who's actually going after Philip Rivers, if you can even believe it. He might be going after people like Teddy Bridgewater. He might be going after Mitch Trubisky at this point, Joey. But at least we forget when everyone was struck last year with the mania. Not Hulkamania, Joey. Minshew mania. You can't quit him, Dave. You can't quit him now. Not I feel after like all he, the, that you two have been through, you can't no, quit him now. No, no way. I feel like he probably attended the Phillip Rivers quarterback camp at some point because they kind of have the same swagger. 12 starts as a rookie. He averaged 237 yards, one and a half touchdowns, and .3 interceptions. So he didn't turn the ball over a lot, and he also averaged 25 rushing yards. Okay? Jaguars are trying really hard to lose they're doing everything they can to get a new quarterback next year (laughs) so with that i think fournette's gone i don't know who's going to be the running back i don't think there's going to be much of a running back 
I don't think there's going to be much of a running game. I think they let Minshew take off the headband, let the hair go, and run wild. And I think the schedule is beautiful. This is how he opens up. Indy, Tennessee, Miami, Cincinnati, Houston, Detroit. Pretty soft. That's super soft. Minshew is actually my favorite backup quarterback because of his schedule. I mean, if you want to look at schedules and line them up and see, you know, when your starter has a bad matchup, I promise you Minshew's got a good one. He's a guy that's going to come out of the gates hot. Maybe he keeps that momentum. Maybe he doesn't. And you cut him big deal. As far as uh, spot starting is concerned, I don't think it gets better than Minshew right now. We all love DJ Shark this year. You know, uh, I think their passing offense could be fairly underrated, and it's kind of all they have. And they got the the rookie Chenault, too, as well, coming in that we'll see what he could possibly do. And, Dave, it just sort of feels like Gardner Minshew is the new version of Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yes. He will be on fantasy teams. He will throw for, on some days, 330 yards and three touchdowns. No one will want to put him on the team because it's not sexy or it doesn't look cool. But guess what? In the realm of fantasy, he's probably going to get it done. And I'm with you. You know, they cut Leonard Fournette loose, and the Jaguars are going to be down. They, you know, they trade their best defensive lineman because he didn't want to be around anymore. And yeah, they're the going to be down in a lot good. of games. In that third and fourth quarter, it's going to be Minshew drops back to pass. Minshew runs the ball. Minshew throws the ball. So on and so forth. La-di-da to the end of the season. And so we're not telling anyone out there to take him as your QB1, but if you're in the market where you have to do a two-quarterback league, if you're in the market where you have to grab that 2B2, QB2, excuse me, for matchup purposes, injury purposes, maybe you got to buy on your quarterback coming up a little bit early in the season. Stafford, Wentz. It's a guy that isn't even going to get drafted. He's not even going to get drafted. And I'll be honest. I mean, we can make a gentleman's wager right now, but we're probably in agreement. (laughs) Drink. We're probably in agreement that, Gardner Minshew is going to have more fantasy points than Teddy Bridgewater. Feel pretty confident about that right now. I do too. He has the cheat code, the rushing ability, the legs. I think they ask him to do more of that. And Joey, what did we say in one of those early uh, Teddy guy episodes as far as garbage yards in the land of fantasy? Oh, in the land of fantasy, uh, garbage is king. Garbage is king. They're still, they're they're points, baby. They're points. So it doesn't matter how you get it as long as you get it. So don't be surprised if in the fourth quarter, Minshew's got eight fantasy points, and with all said and done, he's close to 20. I think he's a guy that isn't probably going to lose you too many games. You can spot start him or just find, you know, match him with a quarterback who has a, you know, Minshew will probably have a great matchup during that quarterback's bye week is what I'm trying to say. Or early on, some of these quarterbacks we've mentioned that are a little banged up maybe you're a little nervous about Stafford against the Bears in week one Wentz maybe he's still shaken up and limping in week one Minshew's a guy you grab last pick of your draft and you can at least get some points in the quarterback position for the first couple weeks Dave we got uh, we're at the two minute warning here on this episode we're about to wrap it up just tell the good people out there maybe a couple of quarterback tips and tricks right now you've been talking a lot about the schedule which has been really great you know a lot not a lot of people take a look at that right 
off the bat. You know, they're just trying to draft the best team that they can. Give us a couple more inside tips as, uh, you know, the fantasy freaks head into their drafts over the next week. Sure. I'm waiting on quarterback unless Dak Prescott is hanging around in the fourth, fifth round, as we talked about. Love Russ Wilson. But there's also a great option this year to stream quarterbacks. And if you want to just stock up on running backs and wide receivers in the year of COVID and injuries, not a bad idea. I'm calling these guys Dave's Delectable Duos. I've done the scheduling. I've fitted them out. And here's who matches up very nicely. First duo, Aaron Rodgers and Daniel Jones. Those are two guys you can get in the 12th, 13th, 14th round. You can go back to back because at this point, you probably got all the other positions filled. Aaron Rodgers actually has a very nice start to his season. He gets to go against Detroit, Atlanta, Tampa, and Houston. During Rodgers' bye week, the Giants play Dallas. Good defense, but you got to put up points to beat Dallas. When Rodgers plays Chicago, Jones plays the Bengals. Love that pairing. Or Aaron Rodgers and my boy Cam Newton. Here's how it could look the first four weeks. You actually just keep flip-flopping them each week. Week one, Cam versus Miami. Week two, Rodgers versus Detroit. Week three, Cam versus Las Vegas. And week four, Rodgers versus Atlanta. Call it good. And then finally, real late duo. This is, if you end up with this duo, you're probably going to lose your fantasy league. But, <laughs> but maybe you're so stacked at other positions. If you're so late. Or if one of the top studs, you know, God forbid, gets hurt in that first week. And that happens, guys, out for the season. Absolutely. You got to pivot quickly, and you got to make the best of what you can. Yes. Let's say you selected Baker Mayfield as your QB2, your backup quarterback. You don't like to wait too long for that QB2. Your QB1 is Wentz. He gets hurt. Immediately go pick up Gardner Minshew. Because Baker and Minshew's schedules end up being really nice. Minshew, of course, I said, home to Indy, Tennessee, Miami, Cincinnati, Houston, Detroit. And then you pick right back up with Baker, who gets Cincinnati, and then the Las Vegas Raiders. Love those duos. Love those schedules. If you're in a bind. And only that's, if. That's great stuff. And only if uh, you got Philip Rivers as your QB1. That's also another. <laughs> you're going to have to figure that <laughs> oh, out. Oh, he's quickly. ready. Tidy guy, that's going to do it. It's been a nice long road, but we are getting closer. I think we're only 12 days away. And for and for Chiefs and Texans fans, we're only, what, nine days away from the NFL season starting. Me and you, we got a couple of drafts coming up this weekend. It's going to be a lot of fun. This is, this is our season, man. This is our time. Cannot wait. Let's do this, Joe. Well, thank you so much for joining me, man, with our top 10 quarterbacks in fantasy for 2020. This was Believe in Betting Chicago. My name is Joy Christopoulos. This episode today was brought to you by betonline.ag. Thank you for checking out the episode. we got plenty of more stuff coming the rest of this week. And then next week, it is an NFL-heavy week. We're going to be talking Bears. We're going to be talking a little bit more fantasy and also maybe squeezing a little baseball and basketball in there too as well. Thank you for listening to the pod today. Until then... Be good, be safe, be kind to each other, and we will talk soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.